The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And we are talking the peanut butter solution <laughs> and uh, what good girls do by Jonathan Butcher. But before we get into any of that, we also got a special guest, Clint. Clint Urich. Say hi, Clint. Hi, guys. <laughs> okay. Hi. Good, good to be here on the podcast. Uh, I was <laughs> now, we've... We've only done one other episode with you, right? And it was the one where we talked about your trip like to Peru. Yeah, yeah. Our, our lost episode? Yeah, it's I was going to I was going to say it never made the feed because like my computer <laughs> deleted like it somehow recorded two tracks at different speeds, so like I couldn't ever make it work. And if I did, I, a funny thing Do it. Funny thing happened with that. It's uh Oh, with that that track thing. So, like, I was really paranoid that I like had ruined the podcast, and I was like, oh, I just talked too much and like messed it up. And then you didn't put it out, and so I like totally confirmed that I did. <laughs> and so like, I thought that forever. I was like, oh, they're never going to have me back. I ruined the whole episode. No, yeah, but you, here I am. you went over our podcast's word limit. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd do that every episode if that was the case. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, anyone see any cool news this week? Well, okay, I think I think we need to talk about that It trailer. That's what. That's one of two things that made my list to talk about. But yeah, let's talk about it. Clint, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I did watch it. <laughs> did you watch the first one too? Um, yes, I did. Uh, I, I'm, I think the first one was better. Really? Okay, yeah. so there's been three. I, I know well, I held up two. I was like, there's totally three yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. No, there was the teaser one and then the one that was just like released, right? There was a teaser one and then there was a like two minutes where they're hanging out in the sewers and shit. And it's like when you're a kid and you're alone, you're really alone. And like it almost uses the exact same thing as the beginning is the new of the new one. And then there was a super cut where someone took the first like the teaser and the other one and made a five minute uh -huh. trailer that also repeated some footage. But anyway, yeah, yeah like, so I saw somebody did like an extended cut of the Thor Ragnarok trailer. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, sweet, an extended one. And it was just the two trailers put together, yeah. but done like really poorly. But so okay the new one right just mm -hmm. came out like a couple days ago yeah 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 and for some reason they're calling that the first trailer so what i think happened was the first one was a teaser the second one was a extended look or some shit like that you know uh -huh. and then this one's uh supposedly the only trailer i don't know but yeah <laughs> this this is like a uh this is the newest trailer dude to me it looks freaking amazing no, it it no, it looks good, but I think the the teaser was creepier. Well, yeah, well I'll I'll say that some of my fears of 
him being like super jerky motion, you know, like the <sighs> ring style. Like mm-hmm. I, I, that was in the teaser. And then this time it didn't seem to have that, even though he's fast moving. So that yeah, makes me happy. I noticed that too. Like the first trailer, it had that like strobic, like pop, 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 where he's like jerking at. Yeah. You. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. And then this one, he's like, yeah, a little, little smoother. Yeah. I like that better because I don't really want like the whole movie of like, oh shit, where, where is he even? You know? <laughs> but he's extra frightening to epileptics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> flash, 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 flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it to me, this looks so good, and I love the original. I'm not going to talk about that again. I've talked about it the original a million times, but I've never read the book. Kind of want to read the book. I'm looking at it. I, <laughs> I think I'm, we should read it. Yeah, I'm. I'm down. But I got to knock out that do. whole first Dark Tower series uh, before <laughs> before that one drops. <laughs> Here's what we should do. We should review it chapter by chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the gangbang scene? <laughs> like, <laughs> like every episode. <laughs> I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> we have a friend, a friend of the show, too, that uh, every time you've ever mentioned it, he'll bring that up. But I won't say what friend of the show. <laughs> he knows who he is. <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks cool. What do y'all think about the Dark tra- Dark Tower trailer? Um. Well, I've never read that book either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been interested in it. But it's just like it. It's a. It's a lot. You know what I mean? It's a lot to get into. Yeah. So I've never started it. But from what I understand, this looks like a really watered down version. Yeah. But there's pe- I still I'm still gonna watch it. There's people really pissed that okay, so it's this like epic spanning series of books, right? And there's people that are so pissed off that I don't know even know how many books there are. Uh five, seven? I, I don't know. But anyway, um there's people really pissed off that the movie, there's no plans for a sequel. There's plans for a possible show like tv series yeah that's what i heard what they were doing in the first place but the tv was like series, a AMC series or something well yeah i don't know uh they don't and they don't have a network that signed on but since it's ron howard people are this speculating was, this was this years is, ago that i heard that yeah well then freaking okay so the the movie's only 90 minutes long and there's people what? that are like what the hell? And also the kid, apparently, is, I haven't read it either. I've, I've read 20 pages of The Gunslinger, the first book. So <laughs> half of the shit isn't even in the, there so far. But there's So you're a, an expert. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> comparatively right now on this podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm 20, 20 more pages in. But no, like... uh no, there's a lot of people that are much more familiar with it than say that that kid isn't like a big part of it. And yeah. it looks like he's like almost what they're, the gunslinger and uh, the man in black are fighting over in the movie. You know? it, it's it's like they're trying to make it appeal to the young adult market yeah, by having a kid be the main character. Yeah, like, like the Maze, Maze Runner, Runner or something. Jinx. Wow. Did we both just say Maze Runner? <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Why that one? I don't know, but playing Jinx on a podcast would be terrible. Like, no, you, you don't fucking talk. You don't talk. I jinxed you. <laughs> but, but I mean, obviously, like, the we should have picked, like, Harry Potter. <laughs> well, the Maze Runner, to me, is, like, the epitome of uh, young adult adapted, you know, YA novels into movies. Because I never <laughs> saw it. And it looked like shit. <laughs> so, Clint, your opinion? I I, I was keeping it quiet because I honestly don't even know the the premise of the Dark Tower series. So I was learning. I, I think it's <laughs> not learning very much. I think those first twenty pages. <laughs> get get a page by page breakdown. No, I think it's like a. It actually seems to be like really in your wheelhouse of interest, like because it's like a multi dimensional. Uh, like where they're exploring different dimensions or some shit, and it all hinges at this dark tower. I don't know. It's it's not a horror. The, the thing, dark tower, like the towers, like keep the the dimensions like anchored to each other. Okay, is what it is. And so, like, he's the the gunslinger is trying to like basically protect it from these extra dimensional beings that want to destroy it basically, basically so sounds a lot like, like the real life. <laughs> yeah it's basically like real life yeah. um and, and apparently like um pennywise is actually one of the things too oh, but cool. it's like it's just like it's mentioned in passing or something that one of them is a is a great spider or something like that and there's a whole bunch of other weird connections. It's funny you mentioned the spider because uh, I read that they confirmed that he, he will not be taking spider form. In what? The yeah, well, I mean, in the book, apparently he shows up as a bunch of different forms. and Like the, a werewolf and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and the TV movie, all they showed him as was, you know, Pennywise and then the uh, spider. But, but, the, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why I'm scared of spiders. Really? And did I just say a scared? <laughs> I'm a scared. <laughs> I'm a scared of a spiders. Yeah. No, I'm pretty Georgia sure Delaney. that is the reason why. <laughs> but not clowns, oddly enough. Man, I, I didn't have a lot of horror or any really scary films under my belt when I was a kid. And I somehow talked my parents into watching it as the first one. And so like <laughs> like that I mean, it is the the, the key prime terrorizing movie of my childhood so it, everything about it scares me <laughs> see i didn't i never watched anything other than like the first 20 pages <laughs> no like no like i never watched like the first anything other than like the very beginning of the miniseries until i was an adult i actually have bob's copy that i borrowed years ago from don't tell him and yeah and, you know that yeah, he knows it. He, he didn't care. He, he, in fact, one day he was like, you can keep it. But I'm sure he'll. Yeah, like the way that movie tied into my life was like, I was like, oh, John Boy Walton's in it. So like that was the scariest thing that I had seen before. That was just like him and, you know, the wait, you remember that show, right? The Waltons. I, yeah. I only remember Night John Boy as a reference to it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's in it. <laughs> now I'm just going to look up who it is. Hey, uh, speaking of other things. Okay. So Suspiria is getting, you know, Suspiria is getting remade by Amazon. They yeah. just came out with, uh, with the fact that the running time is going to be three hours long. 
And people are really not too happy about that because that means that, you know, they're going to be taking a lot of liberties. There's, there's going to be a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but Suspiria is kind of like a fever dream anyway. So I think it's yeah. kind of okay to take some liberties with it as long as it looks cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was that was what the original was like. Remember how shitty like the end of it was? Like, what like, do you mean? Well, remember the the end, the grand finale when she finally meets the witch, and she's just like, "All right, we meet, and you're dead." Like, it, yeah, like, like Harry Potter one. Yeah, the rest of the movie's awesome. <laughs> and then the other two films, we we did them all on this podcast, right? Yeah, we we did them back to back. Yeah. The Mother of Tears was terrible. I don't even really remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I blanked that one out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, okay, so three hours. Three hours on Suspiria. What do you think? So maybe they're just going to have, like, the regular movie and then um, an hour-long fight scene with the witch. And then it'll appease you. <laughs> Holy shit, Clint. You're right. That is John Boy Walton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... Oh. <laughs> that dude always bothered me. I don't know why. Like he, it was the mole, dude. You know, I didn't even know. <laughs> okay, so I didn't even notice that mole until recently. And I've seen that movie. Like I've seen it now, probably ten, fifteen times. Right? I, we kind of watch it like twice a year. And uh, I was like, oh my god! And like you know, Mandela effect. He didn't always have that mole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a huge but yeah i don't know so yeah john boy walton huh wow yep all right so wait wait was that the reason you watched it um i think i like recognized him on the back but like that was the level of like wholesomeness kind of stuff that i was allowed to watch and so i don't even know like why my parents let me watch that show like <laughs> jumping from that and i i maybe assumed that it was because john boy walton was in it i i don't know <laughs> the tie was there it's it's there and i can't explain it <laughs> all right you're like, i just oh. want to know if like as a little kid you were a huge john boy walton fan <laughs> i did watch like all the waltons like i can't like, yeah many 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 episodes <laughs> you're like oh yeah mom dad can i watch this caligula remake starring all the brady bunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well that's cool yeah I, I watched a lot of wholesome shit when i was a kid leave it to beaver and stuff yeah, yeah. i don't know flipper I never watched <laughs> flipper i only saw the the movie huh. <laughs> with uh with frodo yeah, Frodo and, and Ka- <laughs> Elijah Crocodile Dundee in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, glad we got that settled. <laughs> um, all right. So, y- anyone got any other news, or y'all want to jump into the review? Um, it's a short news week. Oh, dude, you're going to the sneaker summit today. Oh, I am going to a sneaker summit today. You want to talk about that? I won free tickets to a sneaker summit. <laughs> Oh. This is uh, sh- shoes not being sneaky. No, <laughs> I hope it is. Like, why is no one in this room? Everyone's just tiptoeing. <laughs> but you go in and it's just like it's an empty room. And yeah. You don't know, but there's tons of people around you. <laughs> yeah. But it's just they're so sneaky. 
Yeah. No, there was like some competition on Facebook, and um, it was like tag a friend who would want to go to the sneaker summit, and then my wife tagged me on Facebook, <laughs> and, and we won. <laughs> and so um, we're going to that. It's a smaller one. It's not the one at the NRG Stadium, but it should still be fun. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. <laughs> you gonna wear your Yeezys? Oh man, I don't have any Yeezys. Oh, I do well. want. I do want some fake Yeezys. I'm unwilling I, to pay the money. I, I was just thinking about wearing some Chucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, wear the shittiest pair, like one that you've had that since like, apart. Yeah, and just be like, these are those retro, you know, and just start, I don't know, Steve Madden limited edition. <laughs> Steve Madden. <laughs> I assume he's probably done Chucks. Everyone's done Chucks by now. Like, I have some John Varvatos Chucks. There you go. See if that's you can a trade d- it designer <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> uh, no, there was one other. Oh, yeah. I got real into, I guess, uh, pretty much maybe even since the last podcast. I, I got real into soundtracks when I found out that that uh, record store opened up my house. Yeah, and I think that has been since the last podcast. Yeah. But you won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dude, just joking, dude. dude. I'm glad you have hobbies. <laughs> well, everyone's got to have some. No, but like freaking dude, that Mondo shit. I, I kid you not. Like each disc is about a pound. Like that's crazy. And they're they're so cool, but they're also a lot more expensive than normal. So I that's uh, probably that birthday gift will possibly be the only one that I have for your last some time. Yeah, the last birthday gift, first and last. <laughs> But I did get like the the John Carpenter's Lost Themes for fifteen bucks. Oh, that's cool. Age. Yeah, yeah, it, it was cool because I love that. Uh, like I have the digital download of it, and I loved it. And I was like, shit, I, I kind of want the record of this just to fucking have it. And so, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, I've got uh, one more thing. Okay. That I want to talk about real quick. Uh-huh. Um, a- Andrew Lennon, who uh, has been on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, his short story, Keith started filming today. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Screenplay by Michael Bray, who's also been on the show. Wait, so Michael Bray's adapting Andrew Lennon's script? Yes. Or he, Michael Bray's adapting he, he, the script to Andrew Lennon's book. That's cool. I mean, we covered Yeah, Keith he's doing on the screenplay for it. So is it going to be a short or is it yeah. feature link? Oh, okay. Well, cool. I, I really yeah. liked Keith. I haven't read the other books though. Oh, I read Keith, but <laughs> anyway, um, no, Keith was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and you're doing, yeah, I'm doing the music. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's not the alter. That's not like the ulterior motive for me bringing it up or anything. <laughs> you're like, but buy that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it should be cool though. Yeah. Yeah. That does sound cool. Um, uh, another thing, actually, that since we started talking about this, so you're doing the music for that. You're doing the music mm-hmm. for Matt Shaw's monster, Matt Shaw and Michael Correct. Bray's monster. Um, Correct. And then uh, since I, it's, I believe that it's since the last podcast official news broke that Matt Shaw is starting Purgatory Pictures and yep. the second film that they're doing as part yep. of Purgatory Pictures is one of my favorite books that I've read in years. They're adapting Womb, which I cannot wait. Holy shit. 
So yeah, so Monster's going to be amazing, and they could not have followed up with a better uh, follow-up. Yeah, so. and we're going to do that next episode. Oh, or, we've, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So next episode, we're going to break with our normal format, uh, since I've already said that I gave a mini-review of Womb. And I believe nobody remembers. I believe a further. <laughs> well, I I believe that Womb is on our website. I did a written review. Yeah. D- didn't so what? Anyway, so we're gonna break with that format, uh, and because it's already stated that I love that uh, book, but you're gonna check it out, and we're gonna try to rope a friend in to check it out as well. I'm actually yeah. I'm still gonna reread it, but um, so yeah, well, cool. Well, I guess uh, let's jump into reviews. Okay. All right. We'll be back. Two versus three. Nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B and E network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and <laughs> episodes available at the B and E network. <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher. <laughs> and giggle fits. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. All right, we're back. We're talking peanut butter solution. <laughs> Clint, uh, I credit you with wanting to uh, with wanting to watch this film. You sold me on it by saying. Dude, we should watch the peanut butter solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of those ones that we went to the uh, videos to go in old Santa Fe when I was a kid. And I remember seeing it on the shelf and going, <laughs> what on earth is this? And uh, and renting it. And it just, it always stuck with me as just a really bizarre film just because of the stuff that went on in it. And I never watched it again until, uh, you know, just the other day. Uh, we're watching it for this. And uh, it's definitely <laughs> makes sense that it stuck out in my head all that time because it's a weird one man it's a weird movie <laughs> a really really weird yeah. kids movie yeah I, I think really like after watching it this time like i feel like there was another movie that got shot and then this is what they put together like out of the, the stuff that they had canned because there's just there's <laughs> there's just a lot of like angles that were not explored and it's like it doesn't seem like bad writing it seems like there was something in there before that they just didn't have time to leave in the movie because you don't even get to the you know to the the meat of it to like 55 minutes in yeah the plot happens an hour into this movie (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean he starts growing his hair around the 40 minute mark uh, but yeah, when you learn about that, uh, the fact that there's a child abductions going on. Yeah, not only that, but he's like the tenth child to disappear. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll get into that. Uh, but like, what? The? All right. Okay. So, so this is taken from uh, IMDb. This is the, the okay. Never mind. Let's let's read this one. Peanut butter is the secret ingredient for magic potions made by two friendly friendly ghosts. Weird. Um. 11-year-old Michael loses all of his hair when he gets a fright and uses the potion to get his hair back, but too much peanut butter causes things to get a bit hairy. <laughs> um, all right. This is going to be very, very spoilery. Uh, go ahead and fast forward past this. 
or hell i think this whole review is going to be spoilery yeah because we can't talk about this uh i mean shit it's been out since 19 what 85 yeah so like if you hadn't watched it you know whatever (laughs) you had your time (laughs) so if you haven't watched it turn this off and go watch it right now (laughs) no don't do it (laughs) um yeah okay so this kid's just like a normal kid he's hanging out with his friend his friend dares him to look in a window and he looks in a window and then instantly catches amnesia but his hair falls out well it's not just a window it's the window of this house where two people burned alive (laughs) that's what it is it's not just some random window (laughs) (laughs) yeah well okay didn't okay so how did they find out about that house was it always around it, or it literally did, just happened like the day before oh really yeah they're, like, yeah they're at breakfast and the his little friend connie the our young asian kid comes in and well i think i, I specify that because i think they kind of like stereotype him a little bit in a few ways like he's there's this confusion thing where he's walking down the sidewalk and won't step on ants and a few other things and i think they kind of racistly yeah, I, throw in. well i i was thinking about that too like um i i worked with a guy who uh was um i i guess he was taoist but he wouldn't like our boss tried to get him to uh, kill these ants that had come into our break room. Right. Uh-huh. And he was like, no. And, and she's like, come on, you have to kill these ants. And he, he's like, no, I can't do it. It's against my religion. And she got so pissed off at him. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what job anyway. was that? Oh, you're so, the pre. But yeah, he's a. Oh, I'm sorry. But, it, uh, it, he's an academy, breakfast. right? What? It, it wasn't Academy, right? No. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, who the hell was Taoist at Academy? <laughs> but anyway, uh, wait, Clint? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what I was saying is, is the where I spun off on that tangent there, I was saying that basically the Connie kid comes in at breakfast and they start talking about how they'd heard sirens the night before and the Connie kids, oh, I totally scoped it out and some people died in there. And so they, I guess they decide to go run by it on the way to uh, school or soccer practice that morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how they end up. You're cutting out real bad, Brian. Can you hear him? Yeah. Uh, okay. Clint, can you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's how they end up there. Like the the yeah. the screen just froze and all audio went out, which really wouldn't be as bad of a problem. But I'm the one recording this. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So. Yeah, I love how 80s neighbors, like, they pop in all the time, right? In 80s TV shows and movies and shit, just the neighbors pop into your house, like, while you're eating or whatever. Don't act like we didn't do that. Yeah, we, we knocked. We knocked. I was never like, what's up, Mrs. D? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I'm eating <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Why did you turn into like an off-brand Fonz? <laughs> that's, that's how I picture myself. <laughs> oh, okay. As an off-brand Fonz. Yeah. Yeah, the Fonz yeah, minus so, any coolness. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, they, they go in and they check out where the people died, right? And like you said, he gets so frightened his hair falls out and he goes catatonic for a while. 
right? Yeah, but it's, it's, I've, the, one of the things that's I think important to note is that he he arrives at the house um, in his catatonic state with all of his hair and lays in bed and makes it through his, the whole rest of the day, and it's not till the next morning yeah. when he wakes up with no hair. Yeah, which is you know c- comes up later. There's a little bit of a discrepancy with uh, the way the fright affects other people. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you pointing out plot holes in this movie? Well, yeah, yeah. The I mean, if you don't mind pointing it out now, um, when the the fright is transferred to Senor later in the movie, his hair instantly falls out. Which uh, that just how, how do you know he didn't go into the back room and rub a cat on his head? Because that's what they blame is the cat sleeping on his yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this the movie's cat great. Anyway, sneaking around the house with a bunch of nair or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can we can we stop for a second and talk about uh, the family dynamic? In, yes, in I this would household? love more than anything. This is what blew my mind. So the mother's away, right? Yeah. It for for some unknown reason. This house. Well, I think they, they tell us her um her um father and mother both died, and so like her last living person's there. So she's selling their house in Australia. Uh, and the father's funding it with his paintings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his amazing paintings. Yeah. They're pretty good. I'd hang them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one with the tent, uh, the tennis scene, right. Um, that has the big reveal later on. Uh, apparently the producer liked it so much that he kept it in his office for over 30 years. Wow. <laughs> Till he was burnt up in a fire. And then the neighbor, <laughs> Lost his hair. The neighbors saw it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so yeah, this family dynamic. They've totally Lord of the Flies'd it, right? Like, and I don't mean like gone like crazy and and violent, but I do mean they've lost all normal family dynamic. The father's hold up in the the attic the entirety of the movie, other than whenever he goes down for breakfast, which the daughter makes while wearing the mother's robe. Yeah, she totally like... Uh, electrode it. Yeah, but yeah. instead of like making real <laughs> breakfast every day, they just seem to be eating toast, right? Well, I mean, she's still like a seven-year-old kid. I get that, but the dad should get down out of the yeah. attic and make breakfast, right? He's he's got to make those those paintings, dude. Those paintings were ass. <laughs> I I liked the bird paintings. I don't the, my remember. favorite painting in that whole bit is where he's um the rage scene where he's like snapping all of his paintbrushes and like, like it looks like um, the slam dancing scene from PCU. He's just like <laughs> freaking out, like snapping stuff and screaming. And there's like this like emaciated bald son that he painted behind him in the background. Yes. It's, it's like it's awful painting, but it's really good. Okay. So that's I, where I, I picked it up. Like, I liked the, the bird in business suits series. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that was the best thing i've ever seen i'm not yeah. gonna lie like oh do what go ahead i was saying the toucan floating on his back in the pond it was like this is bird relaxing and it's just like a toucan like floating on his back it's so good so i watched half of it last night and half this morning and i picked it up during that little rage dance scene right <laughs> And I, for a second, had thought that that painting of the sun had gotten sentient. Like, (laughs) because it zooms in on the sun's bald face, you know? And um, 
he was talking like the father was talking, but it zooms in a little too long. And so you're just hearing a voice. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, what in the hell happened? Like, I don't know. It just the whole the whole this. I don't know. This movie would never get made today. Right. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) I couldn't see it. (laughs) Is that a good or bad thing? (laughs) I think it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, This movie. Like, okay, I have a whole bunch of notes in Uh my movie or in, in my thing for this movie. Right. And one of them is just all caps. God, this movie is terrible. Oh, really? (laughs) Really? Like, okay. I didn't hate it. I thought it was worth watching. Like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. It makes no sense. The whole thing. it, It reminded me of like, if David Lynch, like had, you know something that reduced like children's movies yeah if he made a children's movie but he also had like reduced mental capacity because nothing like the dialogue in this film <laughs> doesn't like the dialogue doesn't really make sense it doesn't matter it doesn't further the plot it's almost like stream of consciousness that brings you from point a to point b but the plot also doesn't make sense <laughs> right but the, yeah there's something charming I, I, about it yeah definitely i mean i think that's where like i get that idea that like there was another movie that was being made because like early on right the senor takes connie aside when his hair first falls out and is like something strange has happened to your friend tell me what tell me about it and that's before anybody other than his immediate family knows that his hair has fallen out Mm -hmm. and if you (laughs) and if you look at the cover of the um of the actual vhs um the senor is actually the one holding the peanut butter. So I think that there's some cut footage of something related to the magical senor and the ghost that makes this happen. That's cut out of there. And yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I, I felt the same way because the senor and the ghost almost look like brothers. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was like rabbit or whatever, like the third brother. Yeah. Well, rabbit shows up. He he is actually the the painting buyer that we oh, okay, that. at the beginning, and then um, later on when they the doctor and rabbit are brothers of the senor. Okay, but you remember he whenever yeah. they're trying to That's tell, weird. they mention another brother, and the dad kind of is like, "Cut the shit," you know. He's like, <laughs> "You know, I'm talking about the one that's kidnapping all the kids, right?" Like, yeah, what? Huh? Maybe so. All right, so was the senior magical or was the hair magical? Because I thought it was the hair. Because otherwise... I, well, I, th- I think maybe in the original draft it was both. Mm-hmm. But I think by the end of it, it was strictly hair. Huh. Yeah, it seemed like that <clears throat> the senior is the one imbuing it with the magic and is using it like to paint those interactive paintings and things like that. Um. But sorry, I just lost my train of thought here. <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So for anyone that hadn't seen this, the kid loses his hair. He's visited in the night by the ghost that he saw. Spoiler alert. They yeah. tell him to make a peanut, like the solution of all this different random household shit. The peanut butter solution. Yeah. And they're like. <laughs> easy on the peanut butter and he's like bullshit i want my hair to grow back quicker so i'm using five scoops of peanut butter and so no, do no, I- no it was it was because like it was too runny 
Oh, yeah. okay. All right. And then he was like, well, I'll just put more peanut butter in it. Okay. And so he, he does this. He puts it on his head, and his head just starts growing shitloads of hair. Then his buddy comes over, and he's like, whoa, give me some of that. And he's like, you already have a, a hair on your head. And he's like, I don't want it on my head. And his buddy proceeds, like off screen, obviously, but his buddy <laughs> no, proceeds full, full view of everyone <laughs> to to apply it uh, downstairs. And so as he is making a distraction in the class because the, all the class, but like his hair is growing like, um, I don't know, half an inch a minute or something like it's getting insane. And yeah. his buddies evidently has like pubic hair running down his leg out of his <laughs> jeans. And so uh. they both get expelled for causing a distraction. So they're expelled from school and the senior who worked for the school before, but was ousted because he had been lying about everything. He and also he was just a grade A douche. Yeah. He kidnaps that kid along with a bunch of other kids st- starts making hair or starts making paintbrushes out of the kid's hair in a little slave, like a slave factory of yeah. slave children where he has hypnotized them for, for him to be their dad. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I remember the thing that I was going to mention. I'm sorry. I got distracted there. My kids started playing drums in the background. I was like, what's going on? I just totally lost it. Um, it's like, but, we don't uh, even have a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing, the, the clue that I think the senor is the magical person is the title, like the, the theme track, which is, which is sung by Celine Dion. It's called yeah. Follow the Magic Man. And he's the closest thing to a magic man. So I think there's a lot more to the senor's like powers or whatever than, um, than they show in the final cut. Yeah. Okay. So that's Celine Dion song. Uh, we'll we'll table that it for was, right now. But I want to get back to it because I yes. need to find the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like when the Signore is like first, um, in, in you know he when he's first uh, shown on screen and stuff, and he's their art teacher, and he's like talking about the like i don't not dangers but he's so anti imagination mm. you know and then like when the ghosts show up they talk about how like um things only happen because of your imagination right and they mention like that ghosts are soundless right that's why they're not going to wake anybody up and then he's like wait watch close your eyes and he starts like closing that like the the cupboard or whatever and then he opens them up and then he sees when he sees it happen he can hear it right and Mm -hmm. he's like imagination is the key and so then i thought it was going to have like some i don't know like lesson for kids you know about how imagination is good yeah you thought and then and then at the end like the the senior is using his imagination to make like paintings of places that don't exist and that's a huge plot point Right. And it's like it, it, it just it really did. Like I was watching this and I had the same idea that you did. Like this was a different movie. <laughs> it had to have been. Um, and then they just put it in a different order and expanded on his hair origin for way too long. <laughs> but, <clears throat> um, I don't know. And, and doesn't the senor claim to be like the great grandson of like 
Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I yeah. didn't find Which, I mean, kind of works though, right? Like you have a guy that can paint extremely well. You have an art buyer as his brother and then a doctor as his, I mean, you know, runs in the family. They're all talented. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there could have been some sort of subplot where like the art dealer is hiking up um, his brother's paintings values. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, if we, if we go back to the the fourth brother being the homeless man, he could be it could be like a really a huge conspiracy where. Yeah, like he's he's like frightening people. So they go to the doctor. <laughs> OK, so <laughs> maybe he's been doing this hair brush like racket for years. Yeah, exactly. His brother scared and the long haired kid and starts shaving him like he's not even a ghost. <laughs> you know what? what I mean? Like he just hangs out in like houses that kids talk about and then scares little kids <laughs> and then they just have this peanut butter solution like magic potion that they use. Holy shit. Just that, to get paintbrush hair. That actually makes the most sense. But hold on real quick. <laughs> uh, okay, so I wasn't able to find the, the guys we did it. The actual lyrics. <laughs> But I found this website called The Damsels of Dorkington, where they found the only part of the lyrics that I wanted. Uh, they they were they did a review of this, which seems to be pretty long. But anyway, um, Celine Dion sings the following lyrics: "Listen to the Magic Man and Abracadabra, your life's insane rama Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, in her defense, apparently this is the first song she ever did in English. Oh really? Yeah. So she didn't know what she was saying. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um All right, yeah. Um okay, so they go to this layer. The kid is suspended, right? He's suspended from the sky with just hair coming out. And he, his entire soul is just resigned to the fact that at least I'm useful now. Did y'all catch oh, how? Yeah, he, he like, he succumbed quick. Yeah. <laughs> his friend's like, dude, what's wrong with you? And he's like, it's fine. At least my life has a purpose. Like a fucking tree or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's like, I'm just eating yogurt now. Like this is my life. Oh yeah, he's on a special yogurt diet. That the, the, the senior put him on. I thought that had sort of really disgusting kidnapping sexual undertones. Sort of like a lot. It's like kidnapping kids and putting them on the yogurt diet. I mean, yogurt. okay. So can can we go back to the other kid's pubes for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a sentence oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever like <laughs> thought I'd ever say. But <laughs> um, so. They use the same peanut butter solution, uh, right? Because uh-huh. and, and uh, what's the kid Mike Michael? That's like the main kid's name. His yeah. hair never stops growing, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Why didn't Connie's like Connie's like had that one sight gag where his where his pubes are hanging out at the bottom of his pants, and then they never mention it oh, again. Hold on, no, no, no. Well, Clint, saw I actually this. have that as one of my my two notes on this <laughs> we need we need to cover this because this is another big pl- plot hole here right so you have you have connie right he he rubs the stuff on his junk and um and it starts like growing down his, his pants or whatever right but you don't really realize this until they're in the principal's office and the principal looks at connie and goes i think you have a problem too and he's got these two huge tufts like sticking out of like around his shoes of pubes and then he like kind of trips over them on the walk home right 
And there's a short <laughs> montage of like Connie, like trying to go to sleep and then waking up in the middle of the night and his pajama pants are like stuffed, like a stuffed animal full of <laughs> hair. And he's got this just like bunch of hair coming out of the bottom and he sits on the end of his bed and they do this scene where the hair is like actively like crawling, growing yeah. away from him. And he just screams at it. And it stops moving and his pubes never grow again the whole movie. Like, <laughs> he just screams at his pubes and it stops. <laughs> See, that's further evidence that the peanut butter solution is all a scam because it's scream activated. Yeah, right? but, but OK, think about this. OK, so the other kid, maybe his his kept growing on his head because he had like all that fright. Right. They keep mentioning the fright. Yeah. And maybe that's what's actually powering this, or or harem scarum, if you will. <laughs> actually, the doctor calls it. You know what you you said there actually ties together one of the problems with it, which is like, why would scaring the senor make the peanut butter solution stop working? Because really, like causing the problem again, yeah, it is would... what makes the solution go away. But that's, it just seems like yeah, classic cartoon logic. Yeah, it's cartoon logic. That's the second, you know, the first frying pan to the head makes you, an, uh, you know, have amnesia. But then the second one fixes it. Sort of. <laughs> but all he did was pass on the fright. But he still had the problem with maybe the maybe the, his friend just screamed at him and we didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that kid has magic or, or, powers and he only his screams. Stop it. Oh, Yeah. Like yeah. he just has just superpowers, but it's well, so oddly specific that it never comes up before. Yeah, it's because he doesn't step on ants. You just don't. You're supposed to imply that yourself. But and then, <laughs> <laughs> this this movie really makes you think. Yeah. Um, okay, hold on. I, I forgot. There was something else I was going to say. Okay, so we talked about the kids' pubes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Some of us are um, talking more than others about it. <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to remember my train of thought here. Um, <clears throat> okay, so why didn't he just shave his head every day? Well, it still would have grown like massive. I know, amounts. but like, okay, by the time he gets back to school, he has like totally awesome '70s hair, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like it would have grown like that much. The first day, he only had short hair. Yeah, I right? just so if he my shaves head his head day. every day, he's just going to have short hair. I mean, I think it might be is that they make a really good point. Like, there's a good five minutes of that movie where he's screaming about how disgusting he is and how, like, because he's bald, like, it, it, way yeah. over the top he's reaction. So to sad, yeah, yeah. dude. He's it, so sad about it. I noticed his eyes don't open during that scene. He's just yeah. like. <laughs> Like the, it looked like they actually traumatized him about something else, and then it was like, <laughs> "All right, now use that energy to talk about your bald head." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like the I don't know. Oh my god, it was the the poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He how's like, he gonna handle getting older and actually going bald? All right, what kind of program are they gonna have to institute to to get all these kids out of the Stockholm syndrome that they're in? Because I know because like they were they clearly thought he was their dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at least half. They were like clapping whenever he was he was painting stuff. So he's making magical paintbrushes that he sells to a shop. Uh, anyway, so they, they are so over the top cartoonish, too. Yeah. Like they look like Roger Rabbit, like like paintbrushes. 
Yeah, like he's he's just splashing water at at a canvas and then it's painting stuff. And yeah. the kids are like clapping and like, "Yes, yes, yes." Like, well, I don't it's know. impressive. <laughs> That's true. Um, you know something else that may be another thing that they kind of got edited out of it is the whole imagination thing and the paintbrushes is um at one point they are running around from the senior and the paintbrushes magically like turn into darts and have points on the end of them, which he okay. throws at the, at the senior. And I was like, I wonder if he imagined that he needed them and the paintbrush just makes what you need. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's not just a magic paintbrush. It just paints your imagination. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm glad you mentioned that because I looked down for a second and looked back up and he had lawn darts. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. No I... idea where he got them. Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused for a second, but then I was just like, eh, I'm going to roll with it. And this movie's nuts. So it, it didn't, you know, throw me off too bad. <laughs> so do y'all think that this is worth the audience, you know, people listening? Is this, if you haven't seen it, is this worth checking out? It depends if you like that, shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like, I think that there's certain things that'll keep me from watching a movie. Um, but this one is bad in such a unique way. And it has like, I, I, I watched it with my kids. Like, <laughs> cause I thought it was <laughs> what, worth watching. You know, it's, what did uh, they think about it? Um, what's wrong like, with you, dad? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making us watch such shitty movies again? And Clint's like, uh, Shut up and first, paint my masterpieces. First, <laughs> first the Waltons. Now this, <laughs> <laughs> no, they they seem to like it, but uh, I mean, I don't. They didn't point out any plot holes. I didn't really bring up. That. <laughs> they didn't notice all these glaring inconsistencies. Yeah, it does make me kind of want to watch. Okay, so this was part of like a Canadian series of films that this guy. Did y'all read anything about the guy that did all these films? No. Sort of. Um. So he wanted to span like. A bunch of positive movies, positive, uh, in quotes, uh, movies that spanned past traditional narrative and across the globe. So he wanted to Mission accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. And so he made this film as his second film uh, in this series. But it makes me wonder, like, what other films are in this series? I know. Look up Michael Rubbo on IMDb. It's called up. The Tales for All. Mm-hmm. And there was The Dog Who Stopped the War. <laughs> <laughs> this. Uh, Bach and Broccoli. The Young Magician. The Great Land of Small. The Tadpole and the Whale. Tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler. Let's find that one. Let's do it. it just I've seen cool. that one. <laughs> How many Waltons? I'm not even it? kidding. The kid gets shrunk onto a postage stamp and they mail him across the country on stamps. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, I'm scrolling. This is a partial list and there's 22. Jeez. And they went all the way through 2004. What? The final one was Daniel and the Super Dogs. What the man? Can we just start a spin-off podcast with nothing but these movies? So, so it, yeah. Yeah, we've always wanted to figure a way to like uh, make a Patreon out of this. That could be our Patreon exclusive, our podcast. Oh my, god. <laughs> oh my god, exclusive podcast about these tales for all. Oh man. Yeah. 
Uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, dude, there's so many. Some of them are just straight up in French. La Champion. Yeah. <laughs> Me trying to do <laughs> French. Actually. Oh, yeah. No, I, I want to hear this. Go on. Uh, <laughs> Dancing on the Moon, My Little Devil, Letters from Santa, Regina, The Hidden Fortress. No, I wanted to hear the French ones. Uh, okay. All right. Where did I go? <laughs> Viens dancer uh, sur la lune. Mon petit diable. Uh, uh, <laughs> Regina is still Regina. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel at Les Superdogs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so my yeah. apologies to France <laughs> or any Canada. <laughs> I wonder if there are any like cast crossovers or if like the dog that stops the war is the same dog that stars in the peanut butter <laughs> solution as Seniors. Uh it, maybe maybe we need to watch them all to a, get the backstory. I don't think so, man. Uh, Maybe it's all one big interconnected mo- like movie universe, and he did it years before the Marvel one. Guys, <laughs> let's take a guess what the dog that stops the war is about. Uh, World War One. No, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> the film revolves uh, around a huge snowball fight between the children of a town who split into two rival gangs, one defending a snow castle, the other attacking it. The attackers are led by a boy who styles himself General Luke and has a reputation for being bossy. The defenders are outnumbered and led by Mark, who owns a dog named Cleo. They also have a genius boy, Francois, on their side. Wow. It's about a damn snowball fight in a town. These yeah, we need all, to watch more. These, these are movies. all going to be weird, aren't they? All right. Yeah. Well, all right. So scores one out of five. What What do you give this? Hey, I wasn't done. Oh, okay. <laughs> What else can we say about this? Um, can can we just mention for one second? Uh, so Connie mm-hmm. sits down with the sister after uh, Mike has been missing and 10 other kids have been missing, right? They do like the, the standard spinning newspaper reveal, mm-hmm. right? And then she's like, oh man, there's so many kids missing. And he's like, I know, 20 now. And she's like, what, 20? I thought it was just 10. And he goes, yeah, and one of them's my sister. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> Did- and, and he doesn't care, apparently. But And then at the end, whenever like Mike is is freed and they're like reunited with his family, they're just like, cool, let's go home. Yeah. And that was, that was it. That so, was like the the reunion. So they go home, and then the mom shows up. <laughs> yeah, but but he had been missing for weeks, right? And the dad's like, "Cool," like that's his exact reaction. <laughs> I thought he goes down there with the cops, right? Yeah, but he's like, "All right, well, let's go home." Well, I mean, what are you gonna say? Let's stay here forever? He could have hugged him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> He could have been like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to see you or shown some sort of emotion. Dude, there's no way if I'm this terrible painter father, right? He's amazing. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Wouldn't you at least want to take one of the magic paintbrushes while you're down there? And then they already bought him one at that point. Yeah, they bought him one. Yeah, yeah. $20. (laughs) Yeah. It was a steal for a magic paintbrush. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And like, what's what's the Signori's plan? If he's selling all these magic paintbrushes, he's just gonna like flood the market, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like his art dealer brother. Like, 
I don't know. Their plan is stupid. Can we mention that his paintings actually you can step into and go to the place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And there's actually kind of a little bit when they're all captured where they're talking about like means of escape. And one of them is like, there's one way to escape. He, the paintings, you can travel through them. They were like, but he doesn't paint real places. Yeah. So, you know, so this one kid had gone into a painting and there's like footsteps going in and then footsteps coming back out of the snow yeah. and the painting kind of dis- describing that. Wait, wait, hold on. So you say he uses his imagination? That's what I mentioned earlier. Oh, okay. Like he's against it at the beginning, but by the end, it's a total huge plot point. Maybe this is just about the awakening of an artist. You think so? I don't know. Probably not. It probably has no moral. Like <laughs> I can't find a clear one. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. So if you were to paint, here's my question. If you're to paint a real place, like he did with the fright, right? Where the yeah. the kid tricks him. Okay. So if you paint a real place, they couldn't have escaped out into a real place, right? Because would they be in a weird, bizarre alternate dimension? Or would yeah, they where, actually where be painty? at the place? Or no, no. Like, if you get transported there, are you actually there? Are you in a replica of him? Like, like a little pocket dimension? dimension. Yeah. I, I had the same question whenever I was watching this. Yeah, because they're like, not photorealistic paintings. Well, they're, I mean, the, like, the, the they're, one they're was. pretty good, but they're still stylized. Well, the I, one, I would like to. Oh, the one where he catches the fright was photorealistic. I mean, that was just a picture. Um, no, it was a painting of the building. I, I would like to point out that there is a slightly Gnostic theme going on with this, where you have the the false father, Senor, uh, creating false realities that uh-huh. uh, people can interact with. I just, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a, a Gnostic idea. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. So, so then, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Can we please, please touch on the philosophical and religious implications of all of these films in this series whenever we cover them? (laughs) Oh, God, I hope so. How many are Gnostic? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So one out of five. What what are y'all going to give? Like two. I would give it two. I'm staying. I'll go with two as well. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So we all agree that it's really not that good, but there's oh, no. something charming or not charming about it. But the the one last thing, the um, invisible string detector mm-hmm. that they used, that was super clever. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, it was like a stick with like a piece of um, fabric on it. And so it moved, you know, whenever it showed it showed where the invisible strings were, um, but not enough to trip them. That was super clever. Yeah. And nobody knows what we're talking about because we didn't mention that. We didn't that. mention that once. <laughs> <laughs> so watch the movie to figure out what the hell that was. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. Two out of five. Yeah. Pretty unanimous two out of five. Cross the board. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with our review of What Good Girls Do by Jonathan Butcher. Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. 
This one, I this one uh, was I'm right after happy place show it was free. Now, if I, I got to get an hour and a half in this office, I'm supposed to talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? All right, we are talking What Good Girls Do by Jonathan Butcher. Um, all right, now first, uh, Clint, you didn't... Uh, read this we didn't tell you about it either though in all fairness so <laughs> <laughs> you feel free to ask any questions while we're talking about this plot but in a nutshell um i didn't have the summary pulled up but i know that the summary is very vague very very vague um it is about a a girl uh, there's two storylines that are going on uh, chapter by chapter. You're getting uh, a narrative from different points of view. One who's a girl that is in kind of a, well, not even kind of like a full on Stockholm syndrome. Uh, I don't even know what you'd call this, like human trafficking or, or yeah, sexual it slavery. Be, it would probably be trafficking, but I mean, yeah. it was still like sexual slavery. Yes. Right. But she, her mind was so warped that she thought that uh, her daddy, uh, you know, as they say, um, that her daddy was actually being good to her whenever he was actually just full on assaulting, assaulting yeah. and raping. It, it's, it's so twisted that like everything, all the abuse and stuff is all what good girls do. Yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> and, and so then, meanwhile, there's this other narrative where a lady with three children uh, one of which who's uh kind of a tween um and two babies that are a year old they're twins uh yeah. her it's a story between her and her husband and so what happens is this this book is kind of the story when these two worlds collide when mm-hmm. when the other girl gets free of this situation but goes out into a world that she knows nothing about cuz her entire life has been spent in this room and her only, her only uh, exposure to the outside world are the tapes, like tapes and material that that her, uh, you know, her captor Daddy. has given. Yeah, her her captor has given to her. So, like, she. I, I, I think it's also important to note real quick that the um, the other thread, the other um, storyline. Uh, they are in, you know, a purely you know consensual relationship because, um, you know, they're married and whatever they're in love. Uh, but it is also like they do similar things like mm. they do like bondage and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And, and so there's um, it's a it's a dichotomy between like um, consensual like between stuff. role play and yeah role play and abuse yeah so yeah and that's like a major theme that goes mm-hmm. on throughout the uh, i mean not only is it a plot device and, and stuff like that it's like a major theme going throughout this whole thing the similarities between the two uh, and the differences at first it starts with and, the differences and how and to uh to an outside observer who doesn't know any better it could be seen 
as you know similar things yeah but also also you know as the story goes on like the sexual dynamics between uh you know male and female in a relationship they start kind of hitting on similarities between Mm -hmm. the screwed up part of of a uh captive you know a a slave situation versus other i don't know it it was interesting because you cannot like you could take the story at face value and not really even catch that theme but Mm -hmm. but you know through the eyes of i forget the lady's name francisca what's her name like serenity (laughs) serenity (laughs) okay all right yeah so so serenity's inner dialogue uh uh kind of reveals that a little later on uh that she notices things that men do that she just kind of swept aside you know so Mm -hmm. it is kind of a gender politics uh you know essay if you want to read further into it but also i don't know it was a uh, very, very uh, different than most <laughs> books <laughs> the books that I, I, I normally read. Yeah. I mean, and this one is also, you know, it's put out um, by Sinister Horror Company, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's, it's tagged as an extreme horror book, right? And there is some pretty, like, disturbing violence in it, but... I'd say most of the horror is just from the situation that the girl is in, you know, like, like, I mean, this, this to me was honestly the most disturbing book we've ever read to me as well. I was going to say this, this, you know, last episode, we've talked before about how, you know, we don't really like warnings, but last episode we covered feast. And I was like, if there, if we've ever read a book that, because it touched on so many different topics, you know, that needed a trigger warning for for the audience. Uh, that might have been it, but no, no, it was this one. <laughs> this, this is the most uh, uh, disturbing thing I think that we've covered. Uh, oh yeah, you know, I I did like how you know the beginning. It's like uh, it has two quotes before it starts, and it's like to live is to suffer, and to suffer is to find some meaning in the suffering. For you know Nietzsche, and then the second quote: "You can do anything. Grab him by the pussy." Donald Trump, President of the United <laughs> <Yeah>. States. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and not to say that this gets political at all. It's just it definitely kind of plays into it. It's this is a holy shit type book. Yeah. Um. So ratings? <laughs> no. Um. I, this book actually, it's a lot to unpack. Uh. I I I think it's one of the uh the pace is one of the strong points of this book. Obviously, Clint, we're going to be a little more vague about this because this is a brand new product. We don't want to spoil. Yeah, like it, it like it just came out, didn't it? I believe so. Uh. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know. Cause it's two ninety nine on Amazon. Because oh. we full full disclosure got an advanced copy, <laughs> right? Um, but then again, like all the other advanced copies we get, we tend to not review them till they're actually released for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and because I'm an idiot, I tend to buy them anyway. <laughs> like I did this because I can't get it on my my phone. We'll talk about that later. 
I don't I don't know how to get it to sync. Anyway. <laughs> um so yeah, this it almost I don't know, it, it had a feel, especially toward the beginning of like Martyrs, the film. Mm-hmm. Martyrs where Clint, have you seen Martyrs? I have not. Uh, okay. Um like the beginning of it your protagonist bust into a place and just full on a, like screws with this family and beyond screws. She just murders them immediately in the beginning of murders. But just between the, her attacking this family in general in the book and her being feral, you know, just totally wild. It, the, I, to me, there was a similarity between them. I don't, I don't consider her to be feral. Um, I mean, like she's, she's got problems, you know, like she's not just a, she's well, not just a mindless killer. Well, no. And she doesn't understand. Oh, you're talking about martyrs. martyrs. Yeah. Maybe I should have yeah. been clear. She attacks yeah. the family in, in both stories, but martyrs, she was totally feral. Yeah. In this one, um, like I found myself, uh, okay, so let's step back for one second here um, because I don't think it's too much to say that um, the main plot revolves around, you know, the, the chick who's been <clears throat> well, basically sexually abused for her entire life, pretty much, um, and trapped in this little room getting out like that's that's like the main plot. I don't think we that's too much of a spoiler, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Cause that's what chapter okay. four and, this but, is but like I found myself chapters. like every time that there was, um, violence committed by her. Right. I, I felt myself feeling sorry for her more sort than of. anything else. Like, no, I, I definitely did. Like whenever that's, what's interesting about this <laughs> book, it, it makes you on by telling it in rather than third person point of view, you know, first person point of view is the only way to tell this story and get the point yeah. across. Right. Third person, you'd be like, Oh, this, what the hell's, you know, she's a monster. Right. Yeah. But by her seeing, she's like, you know, I, I don't want daddy. She has no idea what things even are. Yeah. She didn't know what a knife was, Clint. <laughs> so, she didn't know what a window was so she didn't want her daddy to be mad at her uh i forgot what it was even about why he would have been mad she did something she, wrong. see okay so this this is my if we can get into this real quick this is like my main criticism of the book mm-hmm. is she she's raised on like basically porn Right. That's the only thing she watches. And then there's not this even other... just porn. Then, then like uh, hints at like borderline snuff and rape. Oh, yeah. Films. This was basically a snuff book. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Like what she's raised on. Not like we're not talking like Hustler or anything oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're talking it's... about like underground uh, borderline snuffy and rape porn is yeah. what she's been raised on. Yeah. And so there's this other video. Mm-hmm. though that's like two girls talking about how they shouldn't let their daddies do that stuff mm-hmm. and so like that was my that was my question and uh, spoiler for like you can fast forward like 10 seconds that's never explained yes it is it, was it yeah uh, spoiler fast forward another 10 seconds <laughs> um yeah so Hold on. Uh, that should be around 10 second mark. Go ahead and fast forward another 10 seconds if you do. Yeah. Um, 
when she takes her down to the dungeon, um, uh, yeah, she it, it's a it's a exploitation film that found its way in there. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it seemed though, it seemed like somebody put it there on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it found its way down there because if you're raised in that environment, this ha- this particular movie would be the worst thing to introduce. Yeah, it, exactly. Like it seemed very controlled, and then it just like it seemed like a huge oversight that it was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so to me, it seemed like it was on purpose and somebody put it in there. What I thought is there was just so many foot traffic of other daddies. Um, uh, hold on. I screwed up. <laughs> is it just Earth Angel for no reason? No, it's Sleepwalker. It's what, uh, oh. Anyway, did y'all hear that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. We've heard like every Reaper sound and stuff you've done. Oh, really? I, mm-hmm. I was unaware of that. Okay. So, um,. <laughs> so she this is way longer than 10 seconds by the way <laughs> no no, no. Uh, we're we're out of that but okay but uh there's so much foot traffic going down into her room by other men who've evidently paid or, or whatever deal that they have worked out with her daddy i i assume that one of him just brought it with him okay and, and just left it there on accident you know but mm-hmm. i mean i think that it's an uh, assumption that I don't think that it was an oversight. I think possibly that may be something that, you know, the author might want you to wonder about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So she doesn't even know what a window is. No, like didn't know what grass was. So she lives in basically a concrete basement, right. With like a cot and a toilet and a TV to watch her, her porn. Right. And so she calls it like she she says it's her screen. And when she goes up and she sees a window, she just calls it a really bright screen on the wall. Mm -hmm. Like that's her only frame of reference. And so like she sees a fence and she calls it uh, like a wood wall. Right. And um, then the gate is like the what she like the wall door or something like that that she calls it. It's like everything she knows, like like five things basically mm-hmm. <laughs> and and she's trying to like reconcile this whole world with that little frame of reference yeah so like the 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 sky was what like the blue ceiling the tall yeah. blue ceiling or something like that and yeah um the backyard that was in the fence like fenced in was like the room with no ceiling or something like that yeah. um she called carpet uh floor clothes which I giggled at. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say that whenever you're reading her chapters, like, okay, so the pacing's super tight, you know, because you're showing her attack this family. And from their point, it's like, what the hell? You know, we have to kill this girl or or get her. Someone just busted into her house and started, you know, attacking people is what they see. But from her point, she sees this woman handcuffed to the bed. And she thinks that this woman's being abused and she's like you know i have to kill i have to help this woman out she's she's trying to be a good girl but she doesn't know daddies are here to to hurt us yeah and so and and she thinks that you know like all men are daddies yeah so like at one point same thing to other women that they do to her yeah so anytime she sees like a little kid she's like look at that little daddy yeah it's not men and women it's daddies and girls yeah, daddies and girls. It's such a <laughs> a lot to unpack. You know, mentally, this book was just 
uh, you know, <laughs> when you're done, I forgot what that review was uh, that I, I texted to Clint last night. Uh, <laughs> but it, it says something about how, like, uh, oh, shit. Let's just find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it says something about how you kind of need soul bleach whenever you're done. <laughs> and yeah, that if I could only find the damn review, um, I, I totally, totally agree with. Um, I will say that uh, that it doesn't. By the end, the way that they left it was a perfect ending to this book. Like they nailed the dismount. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, even though it's kind of the perfect ending for what you don't want to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, okay. It's here's the review. It's from Alex Davis, creator of Film Gutter. Like all best, all the best extreme horror, what good good girls do leaves you with the urge to go and bleach your soul after reading. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. This is a. I I I, I couldn't recommend this uh, to some, the casual reader, honestly. No. Uh, but if you're into extreme horror and you're tired of extreme horror or extreme horror that doesn't make you think, you know, cause a lot like we've, I'm not going to mention there's a certain author, um, that we've, <laughs> well, it's a certain one that no longer likes us. Um, <laughs> but I will say that even though I, I like what I've read of his books, they're missing a lot of subtext missing a lot of theme. Like it's just extreme horror for the sake gore for the sake of gore. And you see that a lot in extreme horror and this, uh, luckily, you know, there's the, uh, there tends to be a lot of the people that rise to the top, uh, that get out of gore for the sake of gore. And sometimes that's what you want. You want a Friday, the 13th type book just for no reason, you know? But you're not saying that that's less valid. No, but but what I'm saying is if you're in a circle of, okay, I want something that's going to make me think, but also be extreme as shit. This <laughs> this is going to be the prime book for you. Yeah, because it's um, I don't know. It couldn't be, uh, you know, more extreme, but also make you think more, you know. So I yeah, don't know. and and like the way it was done, um, was so effective. Yeah, you know, like especially, um, the the girl, uh, her her chapters, mm-hmm. right? Because like I said, you just you feel sorry, you know, like the the whole time you have this violence that's happening, but like. It's it's less that affecting you than the whole reason why it's happening. You know what I mean? Like that's the scary part. Yeah, and how old is she even supposed to be? Like fourteen or something? Maybe. I, I get the sense that it's probably a little younger. Good lord. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it it's totally jacked up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, a, a little heavier. A heavier tone than a lot of our segments. Then say the, <laughs> the peanut, peanut butter, butter. solution. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, 
I'm going to say, I mean, I don't really have a lot more that I want to talk about on it. I think that in terms of pacing, what I look at in a book is entertainment, pacing, and well-written. And yeah. to me, this hit all three of those and originality, you know, so it, mm-hmm. it hit that as well. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to say four and a half out of five. Yeah, that's what I was going to give it as well. You know, the... Uh, it's damn near impossible to get a five on our podcast. <laughs> We're dicks like that. Just, just ghost watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there hadn't been that many. It, nope. it, was, it, it was ghost watch. Uh, that Adam uh, Caesar book we gave a five. Oh, the um, the one about the arcade. Uh huh. And then there's yeah. another one that, for other reasons, uh, I'm not going to bring up that I gave a five to. But I, I gave a five to Womb, but I didn't want to oh, say that yeah. because, because <laughs> we're covering next, it next week. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's you should not... just find the the scenes where you've talked about Womb. Oh, we gave a five like... to House of Leaves, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, hmm. you should you should find your t- times where you've talked about Womb on the air and just and just. That just paste them like that's your (laughs) well that's why i really want someone else to join the next episode because i've pretty much thrown all of my feelings about it out there Mm -hmm. um maybe but i will reread it for that so anyway um yeah so four and a half out of five this is a very effective read not very fun (laughs) no if you're sensitive about anything like that i probably wouldn't read it yeah like to be honest yeah. I mean, I don't I don't go out of my way to uh like I don't go out of my way to read a lot of like sexually screwed up books. They don't it's just not in my wheelhouse of things that I enjoy, you know. <laughs> and this it bothered me uh, uh it definitely bothered me to read this, but I mean, it also didn't like it wasn't like it didn't stop you from reading it. Yeah, yeah. You have to see how this, how this turns out. And so anyway, yeah. From sinister horror company, highly recommended. If you were into that, you know, extreme <laughs> horror stuff with <laughs> that, you don't uh, want to, uh, you know, and you're, you're not uh, sensitive. So yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next episode where we are covering, the Tommy Wazoo classic, <laughs> The Room, and also Womb by Duncan Ralston. This is Wolfman Jack, and you've been listening to B-Movies and E-Books, and you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and I don't know other places. So anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at BNE Pod. And subscribe to the BNE Master Feed if you're a fan and you a real cool daddy. The podcast you just heard is part of the BNE Network. Brought to you by BMovies and ebooks.com. Yeah.